Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, 24th of June, and the market not really behaving itself today. After a 44-point fall yesterday, we're down another 31 points today. I'm not sure how much of that is due to Woolworths, though, which is down 11%, having split off Endeavour. Endeavour, the code is now edv.ax. And this is the retail, drinks and hospitality assets split off from Woolworths, Dan Murphy's, in other words, BWS, ALH Hotels, which my daughter works for, and a bunch of other brands as well. Other than that, similar sort of picture to yesterday. We've got the banks mostly down around 1%. We've got BHP and Rio up on the day. The iron ore price up again overnight, up 1.8%. The oil price up as well, 0.5%. Metal prices up, copper price up, nickel price up. And Wall Street, or the Dow Jones, was down 71. Our futures this morning were down 29. So down 31, pretty much in line with what the market was expecting. Afterpay having a good day today, up 6% as they expand their services in the US to a broader range of retailers, including Amazon. And they're going to be issuing virtual cards through their app, which is what some of their competitors do, Klarna and QuadPay. Market obviously likes that. So solid performance from some of the other retail forward slash technology stocks. We have Redbubble up 6.9% today. Kogan up 5.9% today. Lithium miners also flying along today. Pilbara Minerals up again, up 4.7%. Galaxy up 5%. Oricobre up 3.3%. And travel doing nicely today. We've got corporate travel up 3.6%. Bitcoin up 1.7% overnight. So not too much going on today. European Central Bank has a meeting today. Bank of England also has a meeting today. Not much else going on. So the strategy today, the strategy summary today says, unchanged, there is little point me filling the space with waffle. We are still fully invested comfortably, so no reason to question it. The interest rate theme, I think, still dominates to some extent and reduced interest rate worries after Jerome Powell's testimony this week is also going to be why some of the value, sorry, some of the growth stocks and high valuation stocks are doing okay at the moment. Right, a couple of interesting articles today. You might remember I wrote an article recently called The $12 Million Man, which is also a rehash of the One Stock Portfolio article that's been around in Marcus today since 2007, I believe. This is the idea that if you had to sell your whole super and buy just one stock, what stock would you buy? And one of our members, as you'll read if you haven't already read, one of our members took $157,000, put it into Kidman Resources. That got taken over by Wes Farmers. He had about $800,000. He put it all into Liontown, a lithium stock, and he's now the $12 million man. So we asked the question this morning of the Marcus Today team, if you had to buy a stock, and the criteria is that you expect it to be a multi-bagger in the long term. So it's not trading, it's not a hot stock this month, it's tuck-away stuff. And it's a great theme for the next, or great stock for the next decade. The safety valve for this is that you can sell it at any time. You could sell it tomorrow if you want, if the story changes and you change your mind. So disclaimer, we all hold the stocks we mention. And the interesting part of this is that as 
the team named their stocks and I asked why. It wasn't about, the answer is not fundamentals. It's not because it's got a P of this or a yield of that. It is why did you pick it? And a lot of that has nothing to do with fundamentals. It's often a lot to do with risk and feeling comfortable feeling safe for one reason or another, often a personal connection, and because you've done the work on it. And as you'll see, there is quite often a bit of a personal connection to it. So for me, and as I say, we all hold the stocks we mentioned, so we're talking our own book. But if I was to pick one stock that I had to put a lot of money into, say I had all the money I needed, but I have this super fund with a million dollars sitting in it, I didn't really need it, but I had to put it somewhere. It's a bit of a bet. It's not necessary money. Where would I put it? So uh, I've chosen Poseidon Nickel. And part of that, as you'll know, I did a podcast with Peter Harold, who is a personal friend. He's also the CEO of Poseidon Nickel. I've seen Pete turn Sally Malay from a 20 cent stock into a $6 stock. And I have seen the way it works listing a stock when it's a penny stock or a cent stock in this country, when it's a small stock. And if you can turn that from project into production, you will create a multi-bag return for shareholders. And that's what Peter did with Sally Malay, which became Panoramic Resources. And it's what he has the opportunity to do now with Poseidon Nickel. And the nickel price is everything to nickel producers, of course. It makes mines viable that might otherwise not be viable. It makes mines, as, as we found out with panoramic resources, unviable if it drops too low. So the nickel price is a significant driver. And Poseidon Nickel has a very close correlation with the nickel price. And the nickel price has quite good long-term fundamentals if you believe in battery technology using nickel, the onset of electric vehicles, the onset of electrification of everything. Then that should underwrite... Pete's skills in turning a project and resources into production. And if that happens, Poseidon Nickel's not going to be sitting around seven cents, which it is now, will be higher. As I say, at Sally Malay, the share price turned from 20 cents, I think, at listing to over $6. So I feel safe with it because of Peter. I've seen him do it before. I know he's a family man with experience, reputation, integrity, honest intention, perpetual effort. So I see it as safe. So Poseidon Nickel is my long-term one-stock portfolio stock. Right, you can read the others in the strategy piece, but Henry picked Archer Materials. AXE is the code. They're trying to develop a quantum computing microchip that will fit in a mobile device and be big enough to handle AI, big data, fintech. If they get a chip breakthrough, that's going to be a multi-multi-bagger. Chris picked ProMedicus PME. And the reason for that, as I say, you might think you look at the fundamentals, but the reason why is his dad is a doctor and told him some time ago that their imaging technology is revolutionary and it has certainly turned up in the share price over the last few years that Chris has held it. Ben picked BetMakers. He's worked in the gambling industry and was involved in the industry when the Australian gambling industry took off and we are clearly at the moment in the early stages of explosive growth in US online gambling and betmakers is right in the middle of it despite the recent share price fall after they decided 
they would try and buy Tabcorp's assets for four billion dollars when they're a less than one billion dollar stock themselves. That sort of killed the momentum, but it is rebuilding at the moment. Tom picked on Airtasker, only recently listed, has had a bit of a sideways share price since the stock listed a few months ago. Tom uses Airtasker, his friends use Airtasker. It is good, it works. He describes it as the Uber for services. It's disruptive. Their marketing is organic, very high brand awareness, sticky customers. He did a buy, hold, sell on it and bought it after that. Riley, who you might have caught on the phone, particularly at the end of the financial year here, selling you our wares and helping you resubscribe. Riley picked Ripple, which is a cryptocurrency. He's not interested in growing his money at 5.77% per annum. He's looking for a bit more fun than that. So cryptocurrencies is his thing. And Ripple, because his cousin suggested he did some reading about it and hopes he has some understanding and feel for it. Certainly feels more comfortable with it. Jared picked Airbnb because all his mates go straight to Airbnb whenever they're traveling. The Airbnb culture is here to stay. Felix picked Vulcan Energy. Felix does a lot of our spreadsheeting work and tables in the newsletter. Vulcan Energy was originally a tip from a friend, so he had a look at it, trying to develop zero-carbon lithium mining. And I think we've done a podcast with the CEO. And Chi-Chi... Miss Gambling Extraordinaire pricked Commonwealth Bank because she can't afford to lose any money because I don't pay her enough. So (laughs) that's her one-stock portfolio, which is actually interesting because, of course, some of you don't want to take risk with money and would prefer something reliable. And there you go. Those were our one-stock portfolio tips. I have put a link in at the bottom again, which says, email me your one-stock portfolio stock. No doubt I'm going to get a 1,000 emails with 2,000 words attached to each one. Same criteria. We're looking for a multi-bagger in the long term based on a theme. Only write a line or two. I cannot reply to your emails. I made that mistake trying to reply to the what we could do better emails there's just too much work involved so just a line or two or i'm afraid i will ignore your dissertation so email me your one stock portfolio stock right otherwise i have also published today i asked you for post-it notes these are little notes that you would stick or you would hope someone had stuck on your screen a year ago that would have made the year's worth of investing so easy and profitable So what post-it notes would you stick on a screen at the moment? We don't have hindsight, of course. It's things or themes for the year ahead that will make investing profitable and easy. What would you stick on your screen as a 12-month prediction? And I've written a few of them. I've edited them. There were so many of them. I've had to boil them down and edit them. There was a bit of a theme with banks. So one of the post-it notes might say, stick with the banks. Another was banks for income forever. Another one, BNPL is far from over. The Australian technology sector will be five times the size in five years. Energy will recover next year. Hydrogen, apparently Australia has some potential hydrogen projects. I'm not sure you can get listed exposure. Maybe you can, you can email me. Another post-it note, interest rates have bottomed. Another one, the housing market will never collapse. Another one, lithium, it's obvious, but it's true. 
another one battery technology has to change sell lithium buy graphene was one suggestion batteries need to last longer charge faster hold more charge be recyclable and cost less so the ingredients may change go long travel the moment the world starts to believe in vaccination buy cattle live ones we obviously have some farmers amongst our members go to cash in brackets 1929 crash pending and last one electrification of everything so buy copper lithium infrastructure wind farm zero carbon footprint beneficiaries and sell fossil fuels right there we go a routine day in the market so exciting that whilst i've been talking to you the market has gone from minus 31 to minus 30 as i leave you wall street futures or dow futures up 90 which is good that's about that i hope you enjoyed that you have a fabulous day and i will be back with the weekly sector charts section tomorrow and back on the podcast next week.